are listening to the Careers for You podcast, the podcast aimed at Bournemouth University students and graduates. Each episode, we talk to employers, alumni, and professionals all about their career journey, what employers are looking for, and help you explore the opportunities that are available to you. Hello, and welcome to this episode. I'm your host, Amanda Fripp, Careers Advisor from Bournemouth University. In today's episode, I chat to Isabella Stazer. Isabella is a trainee on the NHS Graduate Management Training Scheme. In this episode, we talk about her role and the experiences she has gained on the scheme, as well as the stages she went through in the recruitment process and her tips for making a successful application. Welcome, Isabella. Thank you for joining me today. Do you just want to introduce yourself and your role? Yes. So um, my name is Isabella Stazer. Um, I'm currently on the NHS Graduate Scheme. Uh, I'm in my second year in my final placement and I'm currently working for the the surgical care group at at University Hospitals Dorset. Um, So I'm working with the senior management team and I'm doing a range of improvement projects. So some of the stuff is around um, demand and capacity modelling. So looking at how many people in the population need to access a service and then looking about the practical constraints we have in terms of offering the the right amount of appointments and having um, the correct amount of staff. And then some other projects um, related to safe medical staffing and what safe means on wards. So I don't have an official title. I work with the senior management team in the surgical care group um, at the hospital doing improvement. Okay, lovely. And how long is that particular placement for? So it's a 10 month placement. So I started this placement in November, I believe. Um, So officially the end is August, September, but you can drop off the scheme slightly early, depending on a variety of different things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, um, we will talk a little bit more about kind of the role um, that you, or the roles that you've been doing in the NHS, but um, prior to the NHS, I know you not a BU graduate, um, but can you just tell me a little bit about your education, educational journey to date and what you studied? Yes. So I actually, when I did my A-levels, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. So I did biology, chemistry, maths and art. I didn't get the grades I needed to be a doctor, but that's okay. Um, So I went on to St. Mary's University and I studied health and exercise science. I wasn't really sure what I, I, I knew I wanted to be a doctor initially. So I was interested in health. So I did this because I had the right grades for it and it seemed interesting. Um, So I went into it and did that with an open mind, but I really actually enjoyed it. And there were some modules specifically in, we did like an introduction to public health module. We did uh, behavior change. We did health promotion. And those were the ones that I found really, really interesting. And in fact, before I started um, that course, I had quite an individualistic approach to health and the way that health is delivered. And I thought that people were kind of responsible for their own health and that people just needed to be educated. And that was the issue. And if everyone understood how to look after themselves properly, then we'd all be healthy. But that that course completely flipped my perspective. And I was introduced to the wider determinants of health and understanding about health inequalities and how it's all, you know, it's about your environment, uh, the people you hang around with, the housing you have access to, like all of those kind of things, and they impact your health the most. So I found that so fascinating. And I decided to then go on to do a Masters of Public Health, which I did at Imperial College London. Um, And I really, really, really loved that. It was incredible. Um, It was really intense. It was five days a week, nine till five. But it was everything that I'm passionate about. So I did that for a year. um, And I 
suppose that's it and also it's quite nice for me having not done as well in my a levels as i thought i would to then be able to say that i managed to do my masters at imperial it was quite nice for me to find my way and actually do well after feeling like i'd done so badly at my a levels so cool excellent and at what point did you think you decide to apply for the nhs graduate management scheme is that something that you were always interested in kind of when you were studying or Mm. when did you hear about it you know when did you want to apply yeah so um when I finished my master's I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do I was kind of looking around for jobs I was looking at graduate schemes as well I liked the idea of a graduate scheme because you've got kind of like a protective bubble around you in terms of being a trainee and then also you get kind of a breadth of experience that you wouldn't probably get if you went through like a traditional careers route and in quite a fast amount of time so I, I didn't go straight into the scheme. I finished my master's. I started volunteering at a vaccine clinic. And while I was there, I was thinking, hmm, I quite like working for the NHS. Let me apply for the graduate scheme. So I applied for that graduate scheme and I applied for another one as well. Um, but I got onto the NHS one. So can you tell me a little bit about the graduate scheme then? How is it structured? Um, how many placements do you get to do? Okay, so there are a couple of different specialisms on the scheme. So I'm on the general management scheme, but you could also do HR, finance, policy and strategy, health informatics and health analysis. So it just it depends on what scheme you're on. But generally, well, they're all two years um, and generally it's two long placements and one short placement. So you have your first placement, which is a year, your second placement, which is actually your flexi placement, which is eight weeks. And then your final placement, which we call your second placement, which is slightly confusing, is 10 months. Um, and generally speaking, you'll do an ops placement and a strategic placement. And the reason they do that is we have these competencies that we need to achieve um, and you need a breadth of experience, including planning and strategy, as well as day-to-day operational management in order to tick those competencies off. So yeah, broadly speaking, it's very slightly per specialism, but for me in general management, I've got a year, an eight-week flexi placement, and 10 months afterwards. And the two long ones are assigned, you're assigned to kind of like nationally, nationally that's organized by the scheme. Um, the Leadership Academy and then your eight-week placement that's up to you you can decide where you want to go you can do it anywhere it doesn't have to be in healthcare um, lots of people go into consultancy some people will go I know a girl that went and worked for a ballet company so there's loads of different things that you can do yeah and you organize it yourself and you're a free resource to whoever you're going to so it's quite handy you can kind of reach out use LinkedIn to meet people um, and find a placement and they're normally really happy to have a resource oh wow so it doesn't have to be within the NHS that no. the eight-week one doesn't have to be no so that's the middle one yeah that's right yeah it can be literally anywhere uh, it doesn't have to be related to health although I did do mine for public health Dorset because that's my kind of interest area and I didn't feel that I was getting more of a system because of the placements I've happened to get I'm I felt that that was kind of like closed a gap that I felt I was missing. So um, that's why I chose to do it there. Okay. And when you applied for the scheme, mm-hmm. did you, you choose what pathway you wanted to go into at that point? Um, so when I applied for the scheme, you, you have to, I think you have like, you know, top, top choice, second choice, that kind of thing. So I chose my first choice was actually policy and strategy, um, but there's limited places on that. And so second choice was general management and I got onto the the general management scheme. Okay. And then what placements as part of that scheme? Obviously you're you're doing your placement now, but what other placements Mm -hmm. have you done 
as part of it then you mentioned one of them yes so my first placement so I'm currently at University Hospitals Dorset like I said my first placement was in the strategy and transformation teams that was my strategic placement um, at UHD and I don't know if I mean you might know being from the local area that the two the Bournemouth Hospital and Poole Hospital emerging so I was working a lot around that merger and looking at um how we can get teams to integrate basically and doing a lot of planning around what the sites might look like when things have moved around basically and lots of other stuff too like loads of huge variety quality improvement stuff I did some stuff that was to do with like staff well-being so there was loads of different stuff to do um that was for a year and I did my eight-week placement at Public Health Dorset and I did some work on anchor institutions and how organizations in Dorset can deliver um, social value basically and then my final placement is in a surgical care group um, doing improvement basically again. In terms of the experiences you've had on placement how has they affected maybe your decision of what you want to do after it? Yeah it's a good question and to be honest I'm still not 100% sure exactly what I want to do afterwards I think I'm quite open-minded I've learned a lot about my working style how I am as a person, the types of people I like to work with, um, the fact that I like coming into the office, I prefer that over working from home. So all of those things I think will influence when when it comes to applying for a job, the type of job I apply for. But in terms of the actual job that I do, I'd always thought that I wanted to do something quite strategic and public health related, given that that's what I studied and what I'm really passionate about. But I've actually found that I really enjoy I get quite good, quite high level of job satisfaction out of delivering things operationally day to day. Mm -hmm. So the main thing for me would be finding a team that I really want to work with in an organization that has good, good values and a good culture. But I think probably immediately afterwards, I'd try and do something operational just so I have that kind of broad base of experience maybe for a year and then I might think about doing something more strategic afterwards. That's interesting to see how you're reflecting on those experiences to kind of find out what's important to you. Yeah and the scheme is really actually very good for reflection it's massive. Um, One thing I didn't mention when you asked about the structure we all have there's an educational component so I'm currently doing a PG dip in healthcare leadership so at the end of the scheme we can make that up to a master's if we want to by completing the dissertation but everyone gets a PG dip or a qualification uh, the people who do finance get an accountancy qualification so yeah a massive part of that is reflection so we have these work-based assignments which are 500 words I think throughout the year I have to do 10 of them or 15 of 15 of them 500 words and it's really reflective about what you've learned over that period so I found it like really good for my personal development and just understanding how I am as a person how other people perceive me what I like yeah, there's loads of opportunity for, for reflection throughout the scheme and it's really encouraged. Mm. And those that course you do, um, does that involve any kind of classroom work? Do you get together with other graduate um, management scheme trainees? Yes, so um, it's we do residential. So recently I, we went to Leeds for three days and that was really, it was just great fun. So you think you've met all the grads because I think there's about 250 of us or something. And I thought, yeah, I, I've seen everyone, you know, I've seen people on teams. I know who everyone is. And I went to Leeds and I was like, oh my goodness, there's like 80 people who I almost most, like almost all of them I've never even met before, but it was just I don't know if you like meeting new people it was just it was so much fun and actually I'm a bit introverted and I take I don't know it's good for me to push myself in those situations and be around new people because 
I don't know, you learn more, the more you do it, the better you are at it, aren't you? Um, but it was really, really fun. So we had one of those this year. Because of COVID, a lot of them were online the previous year, or it was kind of like the after effects of COVID. They haven't quite moved everything back to being in person. But this year, um, yeah, we have every module and a module is like, you know, a t- term time type thing. Um, you'll have one residential where you'll go away for two or three days with a load of grads. Um, and then you'll also have experiential learning, which is either in li- online or in person. And it'll be like, mm-hmm. you know, games or um, they get an actor in and you'll have difficult conversations that you're, you're scared of, you've been scared of having kind of at work and they give you a chance to practice with an actor. So it's really varied and I, I really like it. I like the educational component. Actually, that brings me back to um, when you were, when you first started the scheme. How was that process, that kind of onboarding? And was it, were you a bit worried about it? Did you feel like you, were, were you given quite a lot of support? How, how was that process? Um, so the actual, the whole, so the onboarding process, once I'd got through the the applying, which was quite long, it's quite long and we can talk about that in a second. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that too. <laughs> um, but once I was on the scheme, I mean, it actually, it all happened quite quickly. So you find out that you've got a place, I think I found out in, maybe May I think it was May and then you start the scheme in September and you have to do all your pre-employment checks and you kind of so when I did my application I said that I was prepared to move for the scheme so they do consider your um like you know if you've got a family or you've got a home or you know the factors that might mean that you can't move away so because I ticked that I was willing to move um, when I was offered, it was like, okay, you're going, you're going here. I had a choice out of a couple of places, but I think it's different from person to person. And it depends on, cause I was willing to go anywhere. I think I had a bit of choice around where I could go. So yeah, I was given a few options and I decided that I liked the sound of the place, the placements in Bournemouth, um, Dorset. So I chose that and I moved here and it felt like it happened really, really, really quickly. It really did. Um, after a long, long process of going through the yeah the application process and was there any support with the move as well with that there's a southwest leadership academy and there is support support from the leadership academy so you have a meeting with um the i think she's called a trainee support coordinator i can't remember her exactly her exact role um ellie but she was really supportive she was on the graduate scheme herself had to move away for it um so they help you a lot with preparing for moving um, your placement will help you by letting you know and being flexible with when you start the placement. Um, but for me, I found I just found a flat to live on my own. But I know a girl on the scheme who lived in hospital accommodation for a month before she managed to find somewhere else to live. So there is support. I think you do have to organise. It's you do have to organise a lot of it yourself. But if you need support, it is there, and you can lean on your placements and the actual Southwest Leadership Academy as well okay excellent and then when you started the placements again was that quite supportive you were kind of introduced to everyone yeah really really supportive exactly yeah so um I was lucky because I was in a team of 30 and I had another graduate in my actual team which is so nice for me to have somebody who'd moved to the area like me didn't know anyone I just felt so lucky to have her with me and she's one of my best friends now um so I had my friend Fen with me and we did a month of orientation so that you don't start work straight away. You have a whole month to go around and you meet the execs at the hospital. You meet everyone in the team. You meet the finance guys. You meet the HR people. So you you meet the porters. I spent a day with the porters, which I thought was really good. You can spend a day in theatres. So you get like a real 
overview of the organization you're in um it can vary based on your placement um but i think if you're quite vocal about what you want to do generally they're really supportive and are happy for you to get kind of put that investment into you so that you fully understand how the hospital hospital organization works and then you can give them the best when you start to work excellent and let's talk about the recruitment process then so what stages did you actually go through and how did you find it so uh, i think it's three main stages the first is a strengths-based assessment which is like online assessment it's numerical reasoning and then situational judgment I was looking online because I was refreshing myself before I we, I did this because it seems like such it was almost it was a year and a half ago now that I did all of this or even two years ago that I was doing all of this so I had to refresh myself and it said on there typically takes 40 minutes and I was thinking god I remember it taking so much longer than that so there's a there's an online assessment that I remember taking I remember sitting down doing it for ages but I think I spent quite a lot of time practicing you know doing practice assessments and things like that um so you do that first that's the first thing that everyone does once you get through that you go on and do there's a video component when I did it it was kind of like talking to a screen but there wasn't anyone there it was just a question would flash up and then you'd have a bit of time to practice and then record you'd have to give your answer um I think that one was the one that I was actually most nervous for because it's quite weird having a conversation with yourself when, when there's no one there um that was a kind of the strangest one um and then finally you have the virtual assessment center which is like a half day loads of strength-based activities um you're with other grads so potentially people that you might be working with later down the line or in the same kind of educational groups as um and I I actually I found that quite fun it was I was like you know a bit nervous and like you know nervous behind my screen but I think I found it really fun because it was like problem solving and we had to do things quite quickly and I think my advice for that is just to try and really try and be yourself. But I think because of the time pressure, you don't really have time to be any other way. And because you're problem solving, you kind of just have to be, you're kind of forced to just be yourself. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed, I enjoyed that. I don't know if many people will say that they enjoyed the assessment <laughs> centres, but I did. <laughs> Excellent. And then after the assessment centre? Just... So after the assessment centre, that's when they'll review um and score you basically and then you'll get offered a place on, you either get offered a place on the scheme um or won't so did you have a one-to-one interview as well no I didn't actually have a one-to-one interview so I think they did used to do one-to-one interviews but they replaced that with the video recording situation once I'd found out that I got a place I met with the Southwest Leadership Academy link and um that's when we looked at what my options were in terms of where I could work. Okay, excellent. But in terms of that recruitment process, what do you feel mm. they were looking for or what do you think you did maybe that went well and was to your advantage? So starting from the beginning, I I, I, I practiced the numerical reasoning test, which I know is like really basic, but I just, I'm really glad that I did practice it because just to have a sense of the, there's, there's if you google it there's practice questions out there if you google nhs graduate scheme tests you can do practices and i was really glad that i did that because i, I knew what to expect when i did the actual assignment uh, and the, the actual tests and i know that's a small thing but i think even that could have made a difference for me being able to get on the scheme because they 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 cut the numbers massively just based on that first initial test situational judgment test i don't think you can re- you can't really prepare for it but you have to just think about I suppose I spent a bit of time before thinking about 
my maybe my personal values and how they align with the scheme so I would look at the schemes values because they are online and the golden threads that they talk about a lot which is um inclusivity and diversity um they talk about quality care that you know the care that you would expect for yourself or your family and how you can help to deliver that um so yeah I'd look at the values and the comp the golden threads and think about how you align with those and then I think having that in my mind when I went into the situational judgment test probably helped because I was primed kind of to think about my answers based on my values and the values of the scheme um so that's a bit of advice there I'd say um and I think that probably did make a difference um and then for the video component like I said that was the one I was the, the most nervous for because I wasn't really sure what questions I was going to be asked but I tried to think before I went into the video assessment I thought okay what kind of things would I find really difficult to answer and then I kind of structured a star-based answer situation um, task action result and reflection um, based on things that I might might find hard to answer or I thought about some specific situations where my, I, I thought about uh, specific situations that could answer a couple of different types of questions, like when I've had to convince stakeholders to do different things or when I've thought of an innovative idea. And I just practiced recording myself saying those. Um, and then I had those, again, almost primed in my mind so that, you know, even if I planned them for a different question, a question would come up and I could I thought, oh, I can link that to that experience that I'd practiced. So practice, 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 basically. Yeah, definitely. Though, did you did you research? Did you go back onto the kind of what they were asking for in terms of the competencies and to kind of before the video interview to kind of see maybe what sort of questions that you might get, like the stakeholder questions or the innovation? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I did. And I looked on um, student room, and there's lots of forums about people talking about the. I mean, I know you can't rely on it, but it gives you a sense of the kinds of things that they might ask. But I was caught off guard. Like, there's a few times where I was like, oh, I didn't really expect them to ask that, ask that question. But because I'd spent so much time thinking about the types of things I might say, I didn't feel like I was completely off guard. And we had you have a bit of time to prepare your answer as well. So, yeah, I think that helped. Mm, sounds like preparation is definitely key. Yeah, basically. That's what I'm going to keep hammering, hammering home. I was going to say, and also just being organised with timings because there are deadlines for doing each of the various components. Um, and I wish I'd been a bit more organised. I felt I was kind of rushing a little bit. But um, if you look ahead and kind of mark your calendar with when things need to be done, you probably feel a lot more in control <laughs> than I did. <laughs> and the and the assessment centre, again, is was there yeah. sp specific things that maybe you felt went well for you in the assessment centre? <sighs> I have to just think for a second about... Because I did, um, I I done another assessment centre at the same time for a different graduate scheme, so it kind of blurs a little bit. They were, I think, days apart. So I I did the one for the local government associ association, I believe it was called, a few days before, and in a way, I think that set me up quite well for the one that was a few days later for the NHS. Um, but again, I think I looked at what to expect. It was again really thinking about how will I, what are my values and how will I show those? How will I? I tried to make sure because I've mentioned already that I'm a bit introverted, so I had to think about um, if I have an idea, say it, Isabella. Like I had to tell myself that make sure you say what you think if you feel passionately about something. And also, I was trying to encourage people that maybe didn't say as much, asking them because that's a way of showing 
you know, like equality or inclusion, for example, people who maybe are a bit quieter, encouraging them to speak up in the in the um, assessment centre. And I, I wonder if that helps me slightly, maybe. Um, I think that's quite a key, actually, because sometimes people think that they need to be really... Know, be, be the one with all the voice and speak as much as possible yeah. but actually it's not it's about incorporating other people and working as that exactly. team so having that skills yeah. where you can bring people in probably did play to your advantage yeah I, th- I think it probably did and also calling back on things that people have said to show that you're listening so the, oh this person said that that was a really good idea why don't we do this so I think that shows active listening and yeah not dominating like like you just said because sometimes that, that well that can go against you mm-hmm. excellent and I know we maybe should have talked about this right at the beginning, but um, in terms of applying to the NHS, the applications open really early, don't they? And they close early. Yeah. So if you're in your final year, do they, you know, when, do you remember what the timeline was for that? Yeah. So um, I think they, the first part, which is that situation, the online assessment that everyone has to do, I think that closes November, 7th of November. So it's already closed. So if you, you'd have to apply for the next year now. So you have to kind of be on it from the beginning of your final year which is why I ended up having to do a year out before I started but yeah the very first bit you have to be done by the 7th of November yeah that's and that's the assessment because I think possibly even October is the closing date for that initial form or the to, to then be invited for the assessment so so but yeah probably you're really right yeah so I mean it's so interesting hearing about everything you've gone through in your the process what next then so I know you said that you're not sure what you you want to do you've got ideas but in terms of the scheme once a graduate completes the scheme do they then apply for roles within the NHS so you don't have to apply for roles within the NHS of course um but you're set up to get a band seven job within the NHS and if you don't work for the NHS you probably don't really know what band seven means but it's kind of at my at my age I'm 25 it's unlikely that I'd be on a band seven job because I wouldn't have had enough experience if I hadn't gone through the graduate scheme route um so it's a management position basically and because I've been on the scheme for two years already doing two years worth of band seven roles I've already can say that I've got two years of band seven experience and I'll be able to get a band seven job when I finish the scheme within the NHS so for me I probably will stay within the NHS and I'll try and get a band seven job some people get a band eight a job which obviously then push you know they're already that jump ahead so I think I and most people will probably stay in the NHS um, for a little while because you're so well set up to to kind of continue on but you got take this you know you you you're not guaranteed a job at the end you have to go through the normal application process like normal but you have that experience behind you and you have because of the competencies I'm not just I'm not just doing a typical project manager role I'm doing a really you know versatile project manager role that I can use experience you know I'll be able to use the competencies to match myself to a job description basically um so yeah I'm saying probably the same thing over and over again but basically you're very well set up to get a good NHS job afterwards um but you don't have to some people will go on to work for private or industry and this experience that you get is completely transferable so um you don't have to stay within the NHS but I think you know we're primed to basically (laughs) so it's I mean it's an excellent fast track 
way of you know going into a leadership role isn't it um well yeah. done for getting onto it because i think a lot of us know it is very competitive isn't it this scheme to get onto exactly so you've done amazing to get onto it so congratulations oh thank you i was i was thrilled when i got onto it i, I remember I, I got the phone call and i put the phone down and i cried afterwards because i was just so happy that i got onto it <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't blame you i don't blame you one thing i've just thought of i mean i'm I would say if anyone who's applying for the scheme, don't be afraid to go on LinkedIn and try and find maybe a local a local graduate or a gra- somebody who's on the scheme, because I think we're really willing to talk about our experiences and support. We get given a buddy when we're on the scheme. So we're actively helping somebody who's the cohort behi- behind us. So we have experience with kind of helping people get through the process. So yeah, don't, I think we're all, I mean, the guys that I know are all really friendly and we'd be happy to help anyone who is thinking about applying for the scheme or has any questions. That's brilliant. I think, yeah, excellent. I think that's such a useful resource using LinkedIn and um, you know, offering that um, and saying that you know, you're know you all willing to help is, is really great. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. It has been really interesting just, you know, gaining that insider's, in, you know, insider's view of that whole scheme and through the recruitment process. So, you know, I really appreciate giving your time to talk to me today so thank you thank you it's been lovely to talk to you no problem at all thank you thank you for listening today please remember to subscribe and follow so you can keep up to date with all new episodes